This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good morning, this is Frida Liu. You're listening to Enterprise. Now, the past two years have not been easy for many industries, especially for those involved in the travel and tourism sector. Universal Holidays Travel and Tourism has not only weathered the storm, but continued to grow and function as a complete B2B travel management company, providing qualitative travel-related services and products consisting of hotels, furnished service departments, transfers, and tour packages for travelers globally. We're here with Zahira Tahir, founder and CEO of Universal Holidays Travel and Tourism, to hear about her journey. Good Good morning, Zahira. Hi, good morning, Frida. Thank you for having me today. So 12 years, I understand you've been around, right? I mean, tell me why you started business 12 years ago. Uh, well, I've been in the travel industry since year 2000. So I started my career with the airline and then I went into a B2B travel company. And uh, by the year of uh, 2009, I realized that, you know, I have to grow and I have to do something on my own. And in 2010, somewhere end of the year, we actually started Universal Holiday Travel and Tourism. Um, it was a very big decision for me. Fortunately, we were very lucky that, you know, uh, the customers that we were working with and then there were a lot of new customers who trusted in uh, the services that we are providing. Not only the services, but the competitive rates that we acquire from our suppliers and all that. And yeah, it has been a good 12 years journey. And the good thing is we weathered the... Yes. Uh, pandemic. <laughs> and here we are after the pandemic. We'll talk about what happened in the two years. What did you get up to? But uh, I want to know as well, right? I mean, your uh, focus has always been MICE, right? Meetings and centers, conference events. And now I think they've changed the terminology to say business events, right? Why the focus in this area? Uh, the focus in area is because one, it gives me a self-satisfaction because I love this segment of business. Uh, it gives me a great uh, pleasure working with corporate, understanding different segments of businesses from different market and different country. And uh, another thing, as a business perspective, it gives me an instant value and volume of business. When we are into the leisure business, you know, yes, it gives us a good business, but, you know, it is a very organic, small scale. We got to do huge volume in return for us to get into a certain numbers in business. Uh, but when it comes to MICE, you know, it is a huge kind of a thing, 500 packs, 1,000 packs. And it gives us a reputation with our suppliers, especially when it comes to the chain property, chain hotels. You know, we have a better negotiation power. So MICE actually helped us for better contracting for the rest of our business segment because we are able to give a large commitment to our product uh, operators like the hotels and our transporters that you know we can give you a volume. So it's, it's a business strategy. In both ways, it is a business strategy. Okay, so when you look at what's happening, how is Malaysia attractive apart from cost? It's our multicultural it's a melting pot. Uh, we have a lot more to offer. One of the main things uh, we are being chosen as a destination besides the uh, easy connectivity is also the language. 
the ground staff, you know, English language is widely spoken. So it is very easy for uh, corporates or for travellers to come to Malaysia because that's language. Because if you have to compare to Thailand, despite Thailand being a very competitive destination, but there is a challenge of a language barrier. And uh, Singapore, though they are very you know, well-versed in the language, but it's a very expensive destination. So we are actually in between both. We offer very good uh, multi-cuisine. Another thing is, you know, when we are talking about certain market, we are halal destination. Uh, meal is very easy for a lot of... Uh, because if you see organization or travelers nowadays, it's a very multicultural, multi-religion. Travelers are traveling. So, you know, food is a major, major sensitivity. Forget about only halal, but also offering uh, Middle East cuisine, offering the Indian cuisine. And we have all these kind of chefs easily available in the hotels, in the restaurant. So uh, Malaysia as a destination, not only very cost effective, I will not say cheap because I think... Uh, we are done with that kind of a branding. We should probably say that we are affordable luxury destination. We have very good competitive branded hotels like Four Seasons and the Marriott and the Hilton. Where in the world you get um, Four Seasons lesser than $200, right? Mm, mm. So, yeah. It's, it's an overall. Okay. Are there particular verticals that we are attracting, like, you know, in terms of business events? Anything that we're particularly focused on or is it like broad sweep? It is a broad suite. Uh, currently, we are having some uh, cement company from India on ground. But I've seen that the increase in pharma, because I think pandemic, uh, during the pandemic, if any industry have made the most of money, is actually the farmers. So the moment the border reopens, the first business that we got was actually from a pharma company. So, yeah. And uh, banking and insurance is also picking up. The rest, I think, is, is a mix. I think uh, tourism has become a trend for the rest of the sector. Previously, we used to see more medical conferences, pharma companies, uh, insurance and banking. Uh, but now we can see, you know, even a small tire company, tire factory is incentivizing their staff. Uh, we can see the cement company. We can see uh, a lot of uh, other segments which is we thought that they might not spend that kind of money. But people are actually giving incentive in across the board. So we just have to be open up to the rest of the sector, not just focusing on the traditional sector. Right. You know, the other thing that I've also noticed is this whole emphasis on sustainability. Is that something that your customers are looking at right now? I just came from an event, actually, and the focus being on sustainability. Uh, yes and no. Uh, there are certain segments of uh, customers who are still very ignorant. Probably lack of uh, understanding, lack of you know information on sustainability. But yes, we see people are uh, understanding when we actually explain to them like certain hotels are going away with the bottled water uh, instead of giving the you know uh, drinking tap in the room. Like we have a couple of hotels, new hotels are you know doing that. Or, you know, um, previously the hotels used to give us the amenities in the small bottles and all that, yeah. the shampoo and all. And now they are coming up with the big bottle stick on the wall so that, you know, there is not much wastage on that. People are actually accepting that. It's just that probably the knowledge is not up to the level that we are thinking. Probably the European countries, the American countries, or even the Asians in Malaysia, Singapore, we have a better knowledge about sustainability. But there are certain third world countries who are not really focused on that. 
for them, sustainability is much more bigger. It's about uh, carbon footprint and all that. But I think in travel industry, is the smallest thing that we can do to do the sustainability. And uh, people are accepting it. Right. And I'm just thinking whether, like, you know, would that be a USP, if not long term, short term at least, in attracting potential uh, clients coming to Malaysia? Uh, it is. It could be one of the uh, USP. Uh, like, we have a new hotel here, you know, in KL, the Pan Pacific, coming up with the facade, which is green, uh, potted plant uh, on the facade. Uh, so I think, yeah, it can be a USP. Uh, especially attracting uh, the certain uh, market segment like the uh, pharma companies or the companies who are very into ESGs or, you know, uh, the European and the American conglomerates company. Yes, we are. If we attract the right corporate, yes. Okay. I'm here with Zahira Tahir, founder and CEO of Universal Holidays Travel and Tourism. In just a moment, we'll talk about their participation uh, in Endeavour's uh, Scale Up Cohort 3 uh, program. Uh, stay tuned to Enterprise BFM 89.9. Bring forth Moolah, BFM 89.9. Good morning, this is Frida Liu and you're listening to Enterprise. I'm here with Zahira Tahir, founder and CEO of Universal Holidays Travel and Tourism. They've been around for 12 years. And they are also part of the uh, Endeavours uh, Scale-Up Program and they're in Cohort 3. Now, before we get into why you decided to participate as well, I would just want to know, what did you get up to during the pandemic, you know, uh, in terms of, you know, pivoting or coming up with new ideas? Um, before the pandemic, we were very, uh, I won't say that we were completely digitalized. Uh, we were semi-manual. The front end, we were very manual. The back end, we were very digital. Uh, so during the pandemic, we decided that, you know, we got to pivot, we got to do something different. Um, you know, there's a lot of opportunity in distribution, especially in the e-commerce space. Um, that is the second part of the business. You know, we are focused on mice, but they are also 50% of our business, which is the leisure traffic. And how are we going to distribute Malaysia? Are we just going to distribute in a very, very common way? Are we still going to send email to our travel agents or are we going to, you know, maximize the platform, uh, e-commerce platform, distributing via API connectivity? So during the pandemic, we actually took the jump, took the risk, invested whatever the money left, and uh, we actually built a platform called UPass, which is a B2B platform, uh, digitalizing the services that, you know, you know, people always see that tourism is just about accommodation. You go to booking.com, you just book a hotel. But have you ever thought that a consumer or a customer in Middle East or India or China, how are they going to move from one place to another place? Grab is only available in the main cities, but you need the transportation from KL to Penang, KL to uh, Cameron Highland, Cameron Highland to Ipoh, Ipoh to Langkawi. This is a very big segment which is not being digitalized, especially in Malaysia. So we decided that you know we are going to digitalize the whole tourism product and services, not only accommodation, but transportation, tours and attractions. And um, yeah, we built a platform. Uh, we successfully did lots of transactions on that uh, during and post-pandemic. And uh, I thought that, you know, let's do it with Endeavor. 
and uh, they give us a better platform in terms of learning how to scale up. Yes, we have been in the market for the last 12 years, but we have been uh, running our organization in a very conservative way. Uh, if we have to grow, we have to change our mindset and we have to meet the right people in order for us to change mindset. Something that, you know, out of the industry can give us a perspective from out there on how to uh, build a huge company instead of just being a local entrepreneur, uh, you know, just being what we are comfortable of doing. If we have to go on public listing or we have to go large in the Southeast Asia. So Endeavor gives us a very unique learning platform so yes that's what we are with them okay what were some of them i know you share a little bit but what were some of the main learnings like you know okay we're going to do this we're going to do this moving forward uh what, what are some of the things uh, that you'll be you know take from that experience uh management skill one is you know about how are we going to delegate how we have to have a proper team in place uh, understanding the right potential of candidate uh, uh, staffing and another one very important point that I've learned uh, with a couple of people that I've spoke to is, you know, everybody is jumping into VCs, everybody is jumping into venture capitals, but that's not the necessary way forward. If we are able to generate revenue, how we are supposed to use the revenue organically, like what we have been doing for the past 12 years, uh, we never had any VC and we have actually grown. So the same thing that we have learned that you know, don't jump into the bandwagon of VCs and, and getting and diluting your shares instead of, you know, grow, but doing very organically, uh, plus having the night networking. So Endeavor have taught me about networking. Networking is not only about having the people in your industry, but outside of the industry who can give you a perspective from their point of view. Right. Very interesting point you brought up about, you know, not just getting VCs and because then you've got another another boss to report to. Exactly. Are we going to spend time in, in reporting or are we going to spend the valuable time that we have in expanding the business? Right. And I guess like when VCs and their participation, I mean, pros and cons, then they expect their returns to at a certain time and everything. And sometimes, you know, you're not growing at the speed you want to. Correct. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Because there's a lot of reporting, there's a lot of restructuring. And if we have the right VC, then it helps us to grow. But if we have probably the VC who gives us the money, but they don't understand the nature and the core of the business, then, you know, there might be a clash of understanding and clash of opinion. So then how will you move forward? So, yeah. Okay, I'm also looking at your website. You also have other things under fit and leisure. Okay, that's the, I guess, your independent travels and all that, right? And destination weddings, right? Is Malaysia still an appealing place for uh, destination weddings? Unfortunately, not after the pandemic. <laughs> because uh, what happened is, uh, I think we are not that ready yet to accept that kind of uh, business segment yet. So, yeah, let's see probably a couple of months down the line and we'll probably start having the queries. Okay, I, I want to know what you feel will be the travel trends for 2023 from your perspective. People are more open to suggestion instead of, you know, just doing the regular uh, destinations like here, Penang, Langkawi. People are open to other destinations. And people are, besides the corporate minds, uh, when it comes to family, they rather travel just as a family, no longer joining the you know tours that rushing from one place to another place. 
So that's one thing. And uh, I see that the increase in looking for the four-star and the five-star category of product. Instead of people are cutting on the budget, you know, like previously, we have a lot of travelers who just want a budget, budget, budget. But now we see that travelers are willing to spend for the experience. Uh, they would like to try a lot of new things. They would like to uh, go to the new destination. So I can see that that's a good change in the market. So rather than just going on budget travelers, we can see on the proper yield travelers. Right. Uh, are people finding Sabah, Sarawak interesting? You know, I'm just saying this because I'm from Sarawak. <laughs> ah, okay. Actually, Sarawak has a lot of interesting product. Just that probably we have to improve in terms of infrastructure. Uh, like, for example, um, food. I know that we want to promote our local cuisine. But, you know, problem is the travellers, how much, just like the assimilation, when we travel abroad, maybe for the first three, four days, we are very happy to try everything. But in between, we are craving for something on our own that makes us comfortable and for us to continue the journey, right? So same goes to a lot of people out there. And I think Malaysians still, you know, are adventurous. But we are talking about the, 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 the bigger market, segment, such as India, which is the second largest population in the world, they, they have the appetite of their own food. They are okay to try one dish, but you do not expect them to eat the same food every day. So even the Middle Eastern, they are very comfortable with their own food, you know, the grill items and all that. So I think Sarawak should probably promote more in terms of uh, multi-cuisine instead of just focusing on multi Sarawak cuisine. I think other than that, you have everything in Sarawak. You have everything in Sabah. <laughs> and Malaysians love to travel with their cup noodles. <laughs> exactly, exactly. True. It's, we, we find comfort in food. You know, just right. imagine a Malaysian standing in, in Switzerland after all the tour, after eating all the cheese and all yeah. the suddenly you get nasi lemak. You'll feel like, oh God, it's so satisfying, right? So same goes with the rest of the world. Okay, so, uh, you know, when we talk about uh, growth, right, you were just saying, are you planning to go regional at some point? I mean, from your conversations at Endeavour or the focus is still very much, let's just strengthen where we are here in Malaysia. Uh, we are actually going regional. Uh, I believe that uh, we have a strong uh, foot in Malaysia. We have uh, strengthened ourselves over the years and uh, post-pandemic has been good for the last four or five months has been really, really good for us. Uh, so, yes, we are going regional. Thailand and uh, Bali is something, the first two countries that we are going to focus uh, at because uh, when people come to the Southeast Asia or Malaysia, they would like to do more than one destination. It's always a combination of either KL and Singapore, uh, Thailand and KL, KL and Bali. So, you know, for us, it is more, we already have customers who are buying Malaysia from us. So for us to replicate the same model in other destinations will be quite easy. It's just that we have to put some, you know, regulatory uh, process uh, correctly so that, you know, we do not have any issues in future. Right. Uh, Zahira, is there anything else you'd like to add that I haven't asked you yet? Um. Well, tourism is the most exciting sector to be in at the moment. Uh, one thing that I would like to tell to the younger generation out there, don't scared to join the hospitality because we are having a lot of uh, issue in stuffing, not only in travel, in hotel, everywhere, every sector. People are saying that tourism is a very insecure career. But I would say that uh, no, you know, it's fun 
there's a lot of experience and it gives you a lot of uh, exposure. So even if you do not want to be in the industry next five years, you can move on anywhere and anywhere because you you have that kind of connect, connection, networking. So yeah, do not be afraid to come to the industry. Please, please, we need the younger generation to come back to the industry. <laughs> Right? I mean, it's skills that you're going to learn that you can apply to any industry. Exactly. So, you know, the young graduate actually take this as a learning and stepping stone. So don't shy away from joining the travel industry. You, okay, you heard it right here from Zahira Tahir, founder and CEO of Universal Holidays Travel and Tourism. You've been listening to Enterprise. I'm Frida Liu, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.